This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. Staff writer Richard Sims is going to weigh in on the... Well, so Carnival Cruise Line released some protocols for returning to cruise for the guests. And then hours later, they rescinded them. So Richard's going to weigh in on that and give us a couple of his thoughts about what the casino looked like from what we saw the couple of hours that the information was out there. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Our Cruise Radio News Briefs, Monday through Friday, the three things you need to know every single day. Also in video now, you can check that out on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel or across our social media. All right, Sherry is here with Cruise News. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So more cruise cancellations have dropped this week. Yeah, finally catching up with the other cruise lines. Carnival just announced it's extended the cancellation period through May 31st. And also in Carnival News is another postponement for the debut of their new ship Mardi Gras over at Port Canaveral. The new date is set for June 5 of this year. And as a result of the Canadian Ministry's interim order that extends the closure of Canadian ports to passenger vessels, Holland America and Princess have canceled more cruises for Alaska and the Pacific Coast that would begin or end in Vancouver. This is in addition to canceled departures from all ports headed to Alaska through September 2021. Holland America's three Canada-New England cruises aboard Zondam scheduled to depart in September are also canceled. And in an attempt to salvage some revenue, Princess will operate the Kenai Princess Wilderness Lodge and McKinley Chalet Resort in Denali. And up, up in Fairbanks, they will still operate the Westmark Hotel this summer. The cruise line is now working to develop land packages as well. I do love Alaska, and I went up to Denali National Park in 2016, I believe, and stayed at the lodge. It is a national park, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it's the Denali National Park. Saw a bear just devouring a moose. It was crazy. Craziest thing I've ever seen. It was like a Discovery Channel style. <laughs> a lot happens up near Denali, that's for sure. So vaccines are paving the way for future cruise bookings. So cruise lines are getting excited at the prospect of sailing again soon, and all of this is based on what they're seeing with the new infections currently on a decline and more and more Americans getting vaccinated. So whether or not the major large cruise lines will require all passengers to be vaccinated remains an open question. Royal Caribbean has noted that bookings for those 65 years and up has increased in the past two months. And the cruise line, of course, would attribute this to the increase of more and more seniors getting vaccinated. And MSC has detailed some features on a ship that is coming soon to Miami. Yeah, so MSC Cruises' new ship, MSC Seashore, will arrive in Miami in about nine months, and more details on the new ship are being revealed. In short, it will be sort of like MSC Seaside, but on steroids. So the new ship will have six swing pools with enlarged poolside areas, a new infinity pool, and two infinity whirlpools. MSC Seashore will have the largest MSC Yacht Club, and it'll occupy four decks. There will be 11 different types of staterooms and suites with balconies, including aft suites, 50 terraced suites with extended balconies, and 32 suites with private outdoor whirlpools. MSC Seashore will be the first ship in the world to feature 
a new air sanitation system developed by shipbuilder Fincantieri. At a little over 1,100 feet in length, MSC Seashore will become the longest ship in the MSC fleet and the largest ship ever built in Italy by Fincantieri. How cool would it be to have a whirlpool on your balcony? I've never experienced that. Have you? No, well, only to walk, only during a ship tour, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the uh, when I used to watch the, I think it was Norwegian Sun leave Port Canaveral back in the day. There's those front, I think they're called garden villas or something that have the suites in the very front of the ship with the hot tubs on there. Those look so cool. I'm like, I could just see myself up there one day. We can dream though, right? Absolutely. Looks like Miami is going green. Yeah, so six cruise lines plus Miami-Dade County and Florida Power & Light, they've announced a new deal that would bring shore power to Port Miami. And this will allow cruise ships to turn off their diesel engines in port, which will, of course, eliminate emissions and help reduce the local pollution. Cruise line CEOs from Carnival, Royal, Disney, MSC Norwegian, and Virgin Voyages have all backed the agreement. The first port to hook ships up to shore power happened way back in 2001 in Juneau, Alaska. uh, It was Princess Cruises, I think, was the first ship there to do that. Other North American ports where cruise ships can now plug in to shoreside power on the East Coast is just Brooklyn. And then on the West Coast, it's Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, Seattle, and in Canada, Vancouver. The West Coast is ahead of the curve. Yeah, it looks like it, but um, Miami will be a big step forward. That has to be one hell of an investment for the power grid at the port and then the cruise lines having to convert the older cruise ships for shore power. Yeah, all the new ships are already equipped uh, to go on to shoreside power, but you're right, it will be expensive to convert older ships so that they can um, just plug in and turn off their engines. We briefly touched on vaccinations earlier and how they're kind of driving Royal Caribbean bookings. Well, one cruise line is saying you need a shot if you want to cruise. Right. So Crystal Cruises is now the first luxury cruise line to require all guests to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Potential guests will have had to complete their two vaccinations at least two weeks before their cruise. Crystal Cruises has developed their own series of health protocols called Crystal Clean Plus 4.0. Other requirements to sail under this new program include a negative COVID test for both guests and crew prior to embarkation, temperature checks when boarding at the terminal, reduced ship capacity, follow mask and social distancing guidelines, and enhanced cleaning and disinfection measures. Other cruise lines have announced a requirement for all passengers to be vaccinated, and these include American Cruise Lines and Victory Cruise Lines and UK-based Saga Cruises. Which makes me wonder what kind of legalities are involved in requiring your guests to be vaccinated. Because I remember Frank Del Rio over at Norwegian was talking about that a couple of months ago. And Mm -hmm. if they can jump through the hoops, they're going to basically make it happen, he said. But I'm wondering what has to be done because, I mean, they're a private company. So it's kind of like where my studio is here. They tell you, hey, if you don't wear a mask, you can't come in the building. Well, couldn't a private company tell you, hey, if you're not vaccinated, you can't sail? Yeah, it's not a public entity. I would think I'm no lawyer, but Mm -hmm. if someone owns something, they can probably do whatever rules they would like, except, you know, that then it goes back to store owners Mm -hmm. and the mask requirements. And, you know, so it's going to be tricky. And the last talking point here, the future doesn't look too bright for the Queen Mary docked in Long Beach, California. 
Yeah, I will agree with you on that one. So the ship has been docked in Long Beach, California for more than a half century. It's a major tourist attraction and hotel. And now the fate of the famous ocean liner hangs in a balance. The company that operates Queen Mary as a tourist attraction is Singapore-based Eagle Hospitality Trust, and they have just filed for bankruptcy. The city manager of Long Beach said Eagle Hospitality remains obligated for the ship's daily upkeep and long-term projects, and this is according to the lease agreement. Under Chapter 11 bankruptcy, Eagle Hospitality will restructure to keep businesses afloat and pay off creditors, and the city of Long Beach hopes that Eagle Hospitality will decide to keep its Queen Mary lease. And we all do. I hated reading that, Sherry, because the first time I boarded that was, what, about a year and a half ago with you and Ashley. And talk about just an amazing ship. Yeah, they're they're not doing the best job. And I don't know if it's a financial thing or what in keeping it, I guess, polished and looking very nice. But, I mean, the ship is, like you said, it's been there for over 50 years. Yeah, the cobwebs are definitely showing, and there's nicks and bumps and scratches, but it's it's history, and it's such a gorgeous ship. I, you know, I'm th- I was thinking actually, since um, you know, Carnival is so into Long Beach, the pier and the the whole area, maybe they could take over the lease. I don't know. Listener question comes from Mike. I have a question for the team. I haven't heard anything about NCL's Pride of America. Is there any discussion about restarting these cruises at all? Well, hi, Mike. So for now, future sailings for Pride of America are somewhat undecided, but it does appear that the ship will remain in Hawaii for mainly the week-long cruises. The NCL website shows sailings beginning early this summer and running all the way through mid-2023. Since cruises from Hawaii follow the same restrictions as all other cruises from the U.S., departures from Hawaii still have to await word from the CDC as to when and how they can begin cruising again. And even though Pride of America is flagged in the U.S. and not in a foreign country, the ship must still follow CDC orders. And that's one thing a lot of people don't quite understand is that, yeah, just it is an American flagged ship. So it's not foreign flagged like, you know, over in Nassau or down in Panama. But it does still have to go by the CDC requirements if they want to sail in the U.S. port. Correct. Yeah, they're sailing from the U.S., so they have to follow the CDC orders. All right, Sherry. Thank you so much. Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. See you next week. Thank you, Doug. Have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah! Send an email or voice memo to Doug at CruiseRadio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net.
It's funny how quickly things change these days. A couple of weeks ago, we got a little more information about how the health and safety protocols being put into place by Carnival Cruise Line were going to impact guests who are sailing, not to only be rescinded a couple of hours later with an oops, we didn't mean to release this. Here to talk about the information that was released and what we could see once it's re-released is staff writer Richard Sims. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. So what was this prematurely released info? So essentially, Carnival explained that the details they sent out were released on their website prematurely. They weren't finalized and they you know, weren't ready to be posted, so they took them back. And in a statement, they said, in our haste to keep guests and travel agents informed, we posted some information that was not finalized. As we have said previously, guests should expect mask wearing, testing, distancing, and other protocols. We intend to provide more details over the coming weeks as we work to resume operations. So that was how they sort of explained what they had taken down. So all of this seems pretty straightforward, like Royal Caribbean's Quantum of the Seas is doing a lot of the stuff that you just said over in Singapore right now. So why make a big deal about resending it and pulling it back? Well, that's a very good question. <laughs> Carnival says it's because the information was released prematurely and, you know, they didn't have it all fleshed out, blah, blah, blah. But you know me, I'm a little bit suspicious and I tend to look beyond the given answer and try and figure out the real motivations. And here, I can't help but thinking it had more to do with one very, very particular section of what they posted. They're calling them disclosures and what it talked about. And it was basically that you might need reservations to do things that we haven't talked about before. Like we've all thought, you know, okay, you're going to have to have reservations for dinner because they want to be able to control how many people are in the space at a time. And you're going to have to have reservations to see a show so that they can cut down on, you know, and, and control the number of people in the theater. But we haven't really talked a lot about things like going to the gym or, and this is the big one, and it was mentioned in their um, disclosure, going to the casino. I'm intrigued. Yeah, the casino is a really kind of big one. And we've heard whispers of it if you're really plugged in and you were really looking at the nitty gritty. But nobody has really talked about it openly. And that was actually something that was included in their disclosure was there was this one little line that talked about the gym and the casino and how they might, in order to, you know, sort of control capacity within the casino – Set up a situation where you basically have to, in essence, have a reservation in order to go to the casino. See, I'm not a big gambler. I do like the slot machine. So I assume this wouldn't really impact me as much as it may impact you because I know you love the casino. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. You know, on the one hand, it might be a good thing because it would save me some money if I wasn't spending <laughs> quite as much time in the casino as right. I tend to. But there are people out there, and we've all met them, who basically book a cruise for the casino. Yeah, sure, there's nightclubs and they like looking at the ocean and all that, but they spend, you know, like 22 hours of every day in that casino. So, you know, it's one thing to make a reservation for them to go to the gym for an hour. And if you don't get to make a reservation, oh, well, I don't go to the gym today. No big deal. But to hit the casino and, you know, maybe there are limits on how long you can actually spend in there. How are you going to tell someone who's been sitting at a table for three hours that, sorry, you, I know you've lost $10,000, but your time is up. You have to leave now. You don't have a chance to win it back. Especially someone who maybe has been drinking. There's just like a lot of scenarios 
scenarios that can play out in this. So, you know, the more you think about it, the more you're like, yeah, I kind of can understand why maybe they don't want to talk about that too much quite yet until they know what's going on. What's the longest you've sat in front of a slot machine? I sat in front of a slot machine for about, I think it was like 11 or 12 hours once. And the great thing is it wasn't a situation where I put in like, you know, a thousand dollars or anything. I, over that 12 hours, maybe played a hundred dollars. It kept taking me up and down and up and down. The worst part is on that particular cruise, I had a nemesis, a casino nemesis who was just winning jackpots left and right and left and right. And as I finally ran out of money at like 6 a.m. and was walking away, in she walked and she said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to sit down at your machine. I said, I know you are. And sure enough, later that afternoon, I ran into her and she had hit the $22,000 grand. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so this is my question. Okay, so you've spent 11 or 12 hours on one machine. Are there food options in the casino? Because you can drink to your heart's content. It depends. And see, that's something that could also change as well. Like right now... In the evening, when I'm on, say, Norwegian, they tend to set up a little buffet over in the corner. And, you know, there's like chicken wings and cake and things like that. Nothing huge, little finger sandwiches. I will say, if you treat your casino waitress who's bringing you drinks and things in the casino, treat them right and they will take care of you. Because that night that I spent 13 hours sitting at that machine, my lady would go over and she would like get me little snacks and bring them over. She knew I was drinking. So every now and then she'd come over and say, oh, Mr. Richard, you need to hydrate. And she'd bring me a bottle of water. So yeah, there's there's usually food. Now, again, that's that could be a different situation because usually the food in the casino is set up sort of as a buffet and we don't know, you know, are you going to be able to do that under these circumstances? Were you wearing a diaper? <laughs> no, she was also very good about watching my machine when I had to go. And you know me, after I've had a couple of drinks, I have to go like every 10 <laughs> minutes. So <laughs> she was tipped well. All right. So back to returning to sailing, going to the casino. How would you even set up a reservation system like that in a cruise ship casino? That is another great question. Um, my first thought is that it would have to somehow be tied to the loyalty program. You know, so for example, if someone is, you know, at the higher end of the loyalty program, and I'm talking the casino loyalty program, not necessarily the separate loyalty program, you know, that's that's for how much you've cruised. But this is that each casino has a loyalty program that specifically shows how much you've gambled. So maybe if you're at like the high end, you get a different sort of reservation or maybe you get an open reservation, something like that, that you can you know, be in the casino as much as you want. But again, that's going to create problems too, because anytime you create a hierarchy, you create problems with those who have not yet reached that level. You know, because let's say it's my first time on your cruise ship, but I have, you know, platinum, triple gold level with another cruise line. I'm going to walk into your casino and I'm going to say, really, you're not going to let me play because I don't have loyalty here. I've got $10,000 in my pocket that I want to put in your casino and you're telling me I can't because I can't get a reservation. It just creates, you know, so many different questions. Now, to be clear, and it's really, really important that we make this clear, we are just spitballing here. None of this is factual. It's not even known that they will put in a reservation system in the casinos. They simply, this is one of the many things they are looking at. And they have to look at it because 
you know, casinos, if you've ever been in a casino, you know that they get very crowded. People sort of standing on top of each other. You want to create a system where um, if somebody gets up from a machine, the attendant can come over and sort of wipe it down before the next person sits down to play. And the only way to do that is to restrict how many people are in the casino at a time. You know, when I was on, I think it was the Norwegian Gem last time, just outside the casino is the show theater. And what would happen is, you know, the casino would be moderately crowded and then the show would end and all of those people would empty directly into the casino. And sure, some would pass through, but a lot would be like, okay, I'm here, let's do some gambling. You would have to control all of that. You would have to reroute the traffic. You would have to make sure that people who are coming in have a reservation. I I don't know how you do it, to be honest. Yeah, there's also a fine line, too, between loyalty and fairness, because someone like me, I would maybe spend $20 into casino on a seven-night cruise, but I've also been at a poker table where people are playing $500 hands. Yeah, and that is, you know, again, they don't know just by looking at you how much you're going to spend. You may not ever have gotten a loyalty card. There are people, I mean, I don't know why anyone would, but there are people who just walk in the casino and put their money in, and they don't actually use, you know, a, a card. Which to me is insane because, you know, you're earning points and I'm all about earning points on everything, whether it's a credit card or my loyalty points with the cruise line or in the casino. But, you know, that person may have just gotten off another cruise line where they sat in a casino and spent thousands of dollars. You don't know just by looking and you can't tell just by, you know, whatever loyalty they might have with your casino. So I don't know. You know, there are a lot of things that would have to be hammered out, but. God knows that's true of a lot of things right now. All right, well, let's bring this full circle. What happens now? Well, now we go back to waiting. Everything is about waiting right now. So Carnival took down the protocol information and said, you know, when things are finalized, they'll release more, which we're getting closer to that. And on the plus side, this week, Royal Caribbean's president, Michael Bailey, said that returning cruises could be closer than we think. We've been in regular communication with the CDC, both at the uh, with the maritime unit and at the executive level. And we're literally expecting the technical specifications any day soon. So they, it's an intergovernmental process between several agencies within the government that are reviewing the technical specifications, but they've assured us that as soon as all of these things come together, they want to get us back into uh, operation. All of that to say, we really don't know anything more than we did before. Exactly. Here's the thing. The best way for people to keep informed is to keep coming back and you know listen to the show, go to the site. We are going to be on top of this, and every time something breaks, we are going to have a story. It'll be in the news briefs. It'll be anywhere we can put it on the Twitter feed. We want to help people stay informed because as we are getting closer and closer to cruising, you know, people are getting more and more excited. And when I say people, I mean we. <laughs> I know you and <laughs> yes. I are both super anxious to get We are at least as anxious as everyone else to get back on ships, so we will definitely keep everybody informed. Staff writer Richard Sims, as always, thank you, my friend. As always, thanks for having me. During these difficult times for the travel industry, Cruise Radio stands behind the men and women who work so hard to bring our vacation dreams to life. From the captains and crew to travel agents, tour operators, Vendors and port employees, we offer a sincere thank you on behalf of the thousands of guests whose lives you impact each and every day. 